Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. To be with you guys again this morning here. As I was sitting there, I thought I need to introduce who I am, because most of the time I'm in that room there, and I'll be honest, I come in and out of here, and there's a lot of faces who've probably been here a long time. I actually looked across at the drum booth and thought, I haven't seen that drummer before in my life. So <laughs> he's, probably, he's, he's probably been here for weeks and weeks. But So I'm Steve. As Phil said, we uh, work in the kids and the, uh, the youth. I have a beautiful wife, Kathy, who's at the minute in there teaching the kids. I have four amazing kids. So I have Caitlin, who's sitting on the front with the camera, and if you wonder, she's wandering around, takes pictures, just that's what Caitlin does, along with other guys. So I have Zoe, who this normally would be in kids helping out on the sound desk, but she's in here this morning. I have Andrew, who is in kids on the sound desk, and I have Bethan, who's my cheerleader on the front row. So that is my family. I've got two dogs, Bobby and Leo, and they're in the car park doing the car park thing. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> so, um, as I was preparing this morning, I will jump around a bit, guys. The camera crew hate it when I'm on because it's an absolute nightmare. So, I have brought with me something that goes way back. I remember when there's only three channels on the TV. Put your hand up this morning when you remember we just had BBC One, BBC Two, and ITV or UTV. There is about three or four. Brilliant. So I'm happy. Yeah, and then Channel Four came along and we got all excited. And then Channel Five came and we were blown away. And now we have 300 million channels and we watch all sorts of nonsense. But there's three programs that I remember from when I was a kid that I've watched since I was a kid and I still watch them now, okay? So one of them is Match of the Day. 10.30, Saturday night. Or as I now watch it, because I can't stay up that late, half seven on Sunday morning, okay? So, question of sport, still on. Used to be on seven o'clock on a Friday night, but I now watch it on iPlayer, it's all over the place. And Dad's Army, still watch it. Caitlin has it on Series Link. Caitlin's 22, she has Dad's Army on Series Link, so just... I'm really embarrassed there now. So there's a, what, what we're going to use this morning is something they use in Question of Sport. They have three boxes. If you watch Question of Sport, they have a question. They have nine balls. And the question is multiple choice. And you have to pick which box to put your answers in. If you get it wrong, you lose all the balls. And there's maybe four or five questions, and the, the show goes on like that. So you have to be pretty confident. So we're going to do that this morning. I appreciate, as some of my kids remind me, Dad, everybody isn't in the sport. Dad, everybody doesn't go to the gym. Dad, nobody in Northern Ireland sits and watches cricket for hours and hours and ends. So don't talk about any of them things. So we've got a question for you this morning. It's going to come up on the screen. Okay, which city is furthest north? Belfast, Glasgow, or Copenhagen? All right, so we're looking at the world, and there's north, south, east, west. Which city is furthest north? If you think it is Belfast, shout Belfast. 
Okay, right, okay, so there's not an A. A, Belfast's going to be A. If you think it is Glasgow, shout Glasgow. Okay, few, few, few. So we'll go something like that. Right, if you think it is Copenhagen, shout Copenhagen. All oh, right, okay, so we'll have to take a couple of them. Well, do you reckon that's a fair reflection on the noise, yeah? Yeah, Copenhagen? So, I'm going to let you into the answer. The answer is not Belfast, so well done. Okay, you would have been out of the game if you'd have put them all in there. Unfortunately, the answer is not Copenhagen. So, for those who said Glasgow, well done. Give them a big clap. So, question number two, up on the screen. How much of the Bible is true? A, all. I don't want you to answer this yet. Okay, B, some, and C, not sure. Before you answer this, Alexander, up you come. <laughs> Alexander's part of our kids' ministry, aren't you, Alexander? Yeah? Yes. Alexander loves kids. He is the energy in our kids' room. Okay, so I am not... 25 anymore, okay? And I decided that I'm not going to call myself middle-aged because I'm holding on tightly to my youth. I decided a 40-something-year-old man rapping wouldn't look good, okay? Alexander, when he raps, he looks good. Alexander is going to do a rap for us. Right, wait, 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 wait. It's going to come up on the screen. Right, after three, one, two, three, go for it. The Bible is God's book, whose book, God's book. The Bible is God's book, never is true. The Bible is God's book, whose book, God's book. The Bible is God's book, never is true. The Bible is God's book, whose book, God's book. The Bible is God's book, never is true. Boom. Take your mic up. Just stand over to the side. Right, so before you answer the question, there's a wee bit of audience participation, okay? We're going to say this rap through together. I, I don't look as cool as Alexander's. Are we ready? So, all the girls who are going to take part this morning rocked up a few minutes ago, or early this morning, and they all had denim jackets on, just like Phil. And I had to say to them, girls, the last time I wore a denim jacket, Shaken Stevens was number one with Green Door. So again, anybody remember Shaking Stevens? Put your hand up out there. Anybody? I'm not going to sing Green Door. So we're going to do a rap, aren't we, Alexander? I'm going to give you that. Okay. And we're going to do it together. Not too fast because I'm old, okay? So it goes like this. After three. One, two, three. The Bible is God's book. Whose book? God's book. The Bible is God's book and every word is true. The Bible is God's book. Whose book? God's book. The Bible is God's book and every word is true. The Bible is God's book. Whose book? God's book. The Bible is God's book and every word is true. So you're going to join in. And it's going to go like this. The Bible is God's book and you're all going to shout, whose book? That's all you have to do. Two words, whose book? Me and Alexander have got it. We've got it, haven't we? Yeah, we've got it. Right. I can shout if you want to turn that one off, we'll be all right. Right, you need that one, right? So after three, we're going to start. The Bible is God's book, and all you're going to do is shout, whose book, okay? After three, one nice and slow, because they're not very good. Okay. Right. 
Right, after three. One, two, three. The Bible is God's book. God's book. The Bible is God's book and every word is true. The Bible is... Ah, you see. So, that's where you have to tune in. Your bit isn't God's book. All right, your book is what? Right, let's go again, Alexander. One, two, three. The Bible is God's book. God's book. The Bible is God's book and every word is true. The Bible is God's book. God's book. The Bible is God's book and every word is true. The Bible is God's book. God's book. The Bible is God's book and every word is true. Give yourself a clap. Thank you, Alexander. Right. The question was, how much of the Bible is true? All of it? Some of it? Are not sure. So, if you think it is all of it, I want you to shout all of it after three. One, two, three. Brilliant. As we speak this morning, some of the guys from youth are going to come up and read from the Bible. I want you to remember that every single word in this book the Bible, which is God's book, not my book, is true. And I've been listening to the radio over these last few weeks, and there's been lots of things talked about things in the political realm, and I'm not going to talk politics at all this morning. But they were discussing a few things, and somebody came on representing this book, God's book. And what they were described as was a fundamental extremist. So that night I went home and I said to my kids around the dinner table, if I said to you fundamental extremist, what do you think of? And immediately some of the older ones said Taliban and stuff like that. Guys, we're moving into a stage in our life where standing up for these words in this book is going to be hard. The question I've got for you this morning, are you all in? Are you not sure? Some of it you can take. Some of it you understand, and you're saying, yeah, I'm with that. Or are you all in? Girls, up you come to the front. You know who you are. We're going to bring the stand up. Yeah, give him a clap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, as we're putting the stand up, I, uh, sorry, you, you, would you wipe that mic for me? Brilliant. I just want to share with you, as I said, I, I have four kids, and see when you're starting launching a youth ministry or a kids ministry, it always helps when you have four kids. Because immediately you've got at least three. And that's what happened here with youth. We started youth, and for two, maybe, uh, well, for about a year and a half, we had six, seven. Three of them were my kids. And we turned up every week, we turned up every week, we turned up every week. On Friday, we had 33, 34. 
Yeah. And this is the four best looking ones. <laughs> right, go for it, guys. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you'll be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the, Medi to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead my people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or to the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instructions contently. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you propose to and succeed in all you do. This is my command to you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Brilliant. Well done, guys. Thank you. If you are here this morning for the first time, and you're here because your young person was taking part, thank you for coming, first of all. And if you're maybe concerned as to who we are as R8, or as to what we believe, okay, we have smoke machines, we have lights, and we maybe have things that other churches don't have. I want to make it really clear to you this morning. What I teach them kids in there, what I teach the kids at youth, is this book. This book from front to back as truth. You know, out in that world there, there is very little that is truth. That is straight down the line. This is what we believe. This is who we are. You know, to even say that sometimes can be seen as extreme. If it is, then I'm extreme. And, I, and I'm not going to back down from that. And I believe that this book is a blueprint for how to live. I, I, love, um, I love the Bible. I love creation. Whenever I'm asked to speak anywhere, the first one, thing I go to is creation. I think creation is unbelievable. And when you look into creation, it just blows my mind. And I'm not going to go on about it because that's not what we're speaking on this morning. But creation is fact. For me, God made me, made this world. I understand that. I'm a joiner. I make things. I understand creating. I understand creation. That makes more sense to me than me rocking into a house and boom, there's your door. There it's hung. Some people believe that. No, I believe there's a God who is mighty who created this world. The, ne the, next, the next thing that, that, that I go to if creation isn't my thing is God's rescue plan, the cross. You, you probably know that, and I'm going to talk about it this morning. I love God's rescue plan. I love the God who made this world, sent His only Son, lived a perfect life, took the punishment for me, took everything on the cross for me to rescue me, to give me a good life here on earth, and to promise me a home in heaven. I, I love that. The next one is heaven. I just find heaven unbelievable. Streets of gold, no tears, 
no limps, no sore knees, no cancer. Families united together, no divorce, no fear, no anxiety, no depression. They're words that are about today, aren't they? Yeah, you can't turn the, t the TV on. Anxiety, depression, no evil, no death, no murder, no hate. I just love, love heaven. My next passion is the heroes of the Bible, superheroes. Some of you might have seen those crazy videos on YouTube, if you haven't, link on afterwards, on Gideon, on Joshua, where I do even worse things than wearing caps backwards. Because I love, I love the superheroes of the Bible. Moses, burning bush, the Ten Commandments, the Red Sea, Gideon, went into battle with 30 men who lapped but did not kneel, who put God first. Esther saved her whole people, saved the people of Israel. Why? Because she was willing to stand up. She was willing to go into the king and say, whoa, my people, don't forget them. Samson, pure strength and power. What would it give for his hair, never mind his strength? Yeah, unbelievable heroes in the Bible. David, a man after God's own heart, who messed up and messed up and messed up, but he loved God, and God forgave him. Daniel, put God first. Boy, do we need Daniels today. Daniels who'll sit in their window and pray, even when they're told not to. This morning, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite. The girls there read from Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. I'm so happy the guys haven't started the clock at the back. You can start it now, lads. <laughs> um, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. And they read it brilliantly. Joshua, a hero of the Bible. You know, I came across a statement as I was preparing um, for this morning. And I wish I had heard this statement years ago. And it might sound a bit harsh, but, boy, is it good. And it's going to come on the screen. Don't sulk, serve. How many times over my life, especially in my church life, have I sulked? How many times in my church life have I said, well, he didn't ask me to go to that meeting. Well, I'm not going, and that's it. And then I sit and sulk for maybe six months and don't get involved and don't do this. How many times in my work environment am I not asked to do something or I am asked to do something? And then, and, and guys, sulking only affects you. Nobody else cares if you're sulking. It just destroys your life. It destroys your family life. This morning, as we start the book of Joshua, I want you, wherever you're at this morning, to realize, don't sulk, serve. What did Joshua do? Let's look at that very start of Joshua. It says this right at the start in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses was Joshua's mentor. Moses was the man that Joshua looked up to. He was his hero. He was the one that he followed. He was the one that he learned from, and he was a dead. And if ever was anybody in the Bible who had a right to sulk, it was Joshua. You know, sometimes things happen in life, and we have a right to sulk. We have a right to be sad. We have a right to feel down. But you know, how did Joshua respond? This is what God said to Joshua. God said, let's read it right through there. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, 
Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Arise. What does God say to us when we're sulking? Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up and serve. Get up and get busy in my business. Get up and do what I'm... What does Joshua do? Go over to the Jordan and all this people, to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you. And God goes on to explain what he's going to give to Moses. And we skip forward to verse 10. Then Joshua got up. Then Joshua got out. Then Joshua went forward and did what God asked him to. I don't know this morning if you're feeling down, if you're sulking, for want of a better word, for whatever reason. I believe God's telling you this morning, get up. You know the promise I've given to you. You know the commands that I've given to you. You know what I've asked you to do. Now is the time to get up and serve. Now is the time to move forward. For 40 years, the children of Israel wandered round the desert. Round and round and round. Now, I'm not sure of the exact facts, but I know if you went from Egypt where the, the children of Israel started and went to the promised land where they finished, it certainly wouldn't take you 40 years, no matter how hard you tried. But why did it take them that long? Because they kept soaking. I don't like this manna. I'm sick of these quails. We're running out of water. All they did was sulk. And, so, and God kept giving and giving and giving. Get up and serve. Now was the time for them to move forward. Now was the time to them to see the promises that God had given them. You know, I wonder this morning, are you all in for God? Or are you sulking a little bit? Are you feeling down? Are you saying, but God... You said you would do this. But God, you said you would do that. But God, you said you would move here. But God, you said you would move that. For 18 months we were here and there was only six of us. And I'm not going to lie, there was some Friday nights I'm going, is this worth it? Three hours on a Friday? For five people to turn up? For six people to turn up? But you know, God spoke to me and said, Steve, are you all in or are you not? Steve, are you all in for the one? And the next Friday, I remember when I was feeling a bit fed up, I came in here and I think there was only four that night. And I said to them, guys, if there's one of you turn up, I'm going to open them doors. And if there's none of you turn up, I'm going to open them doors and I'm going to sit here and pray for you. You know, guys, if we're faithful and we get up off our backsides, we get out of our beds, we get out of that place of depression, which I know is hard. I understand it's hard. God moves. And boy, is God moving on a Friday night here. Since we started back in March, every night we've had somebody new. What organization can say that? Every night, somebody new. We don't advertise particularly. God moves. Why? Because we serve. We don't sulk. We move. And I've got a great team of leaders who do the same. They turn up here every week to serve. 
You know, God gave Joshua promises. He gave God, Joshua, clear promises. As the girls read there, he said, Joshua, I'm going to give you the land from the east to the west. And he described exactly what he was going to give him. He said, Joshua, I'm going to move you here. But you know what I find quite funny about this? God says to Joshua, just in that six verses, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be scared. I'm there. Be courageous. Be strong. I'm going to be with you. I've given you these promises. I'm going to with you. I remember I've done Absalom two or three times. I went down to Scrabatar in Utnarge, which is, sits on top of a hill. I don't know if you know it. And we abseiled down Scrabatar for a charity. And I remember getting up to the top, and the guy says, hold on to the rope. And you put the rope behind you. And I've done a bit of abseiling over the years. And he said, now, you don't need to worry. You're all right. Just that rope controls you. Your hand's controlling you. Jump down. I jumped off, and away I went. You know, if that guy had stood there and went, Steve, now you don't need to worry, okay? Yeah, no problem. Steve, Steve, you don't need to worry. Just be strong. You're okay. You're okay. Yeah, I know. I've got it. I've got it. Yeah, Steve, you don't. I think at that point, I might have started worrying. I'm like, why, why, why are you saying this so much? God says to, to Joshua, don't be strong. Don't worry. Don't, I'm with you. And Joshua, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, be strong. Be strong. I'm with you. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you. Why did God say that to Joshua? The next 11 chapters of Joshua read like this. The destruction of Jericho. Israel defeated at Ai. Why? Because they didn't listen to God's commands. The fall of Ai. Why? Because they listened to God's commands. Joshua renews his covenant with God. The Amorite kings defeated. The conquest of the Southland. The Northland conquests. And then in the last chapter, or chapter 11, it says the summary of Joshua's conquests. You know, God gave Joshua a promise. Joshua didn't just get handed the promise, here you are, away you go, and he sat back, happy days, I've got the promised land. No, he had to fight for it. He had to fight for it. He had to fight for it. How many battles? Six, seven different battles. He had to defeat every king, defeat every king, moved on to the next king, defeated that king, moved on to the next king. He wasn't just handed to him, he had to fight. I wonder this morning, are you willing to fight? Chris, or Phil has talked about salvation. He's explained it clearly. Salvation is a gift from God, given to us. We can't earn it. There's absolutely nothing we can do to achieve salvation. All we have to do is come to God and say sorry. That is the only thing we do. It's a gift. It's given to us. I want to make that clear this morning. Serving doesn't get you salvation. You can come here every week and serve, take pictures, work on the sound desk, put the cameras on, put the smoke machine on, flash the lights, do all that. That doesn't get you salvation. It's a gift from God. God sent His only Son into this world to die on a cross for you. Jesus took those nails for you. He lived a perfect life, did nothing wrong so that we could have the gift of salvation. He rose three days later so that we could have the gift of eternal life. He defeated death so that we could have the gift of eternal life. A gift from God. But you know, I want to let you into a secret this morning. Just like Joshua, we have to fight to keep that gift. 
It's a gift from God, but we don't sit back on our backside and say, cheers, God, thank you very much, I'm going to do what I like. Do you think Jesus went through what he did on the cross for us to live however we want? I know I don't. And every time I mess up, every time I do things wrong, I see those nails and I say, sorry, Lord, help me not to do it again. Be with me, Lord. I wonder this morning, are you going to fight for that gift of salvation? Do you know why you have to fight for it? Fight to keep it? Because the devil hates it. And you know, sometimes the devil comes in and he tries to fight it away just in one blow. He'll come in and he'll swipe you and he'll say, see that word of salvation that you've just had? See the fact that you've said sorry to God? It's nonsense. And he pulls it away from you. And he tries to take it off you. But you know, sometimes the devil's a wee bit more subtle. And he takes it one at a time. And he chips away. And he says, Steve, don't go down on a Friday night. You've better things to do. Steve, your family's not well. You need to be with your family, which you do. Don't go down on a Friday night. Steve, God, is it real? R8, what even's R8? What, what, what's R8 even about? And he chips, and he chips. But sometimes we have to fight, and we say, devil, no. God has given me a promise. Joshua went from one battle to the next battle. God has given me a promise. God has said he will be with me. He'll take me through the battles. He'll help me through the battles. And guys, to win the battle, to taste victory, you've got to fight. I've never won a rugby match in my career by just going on the pitch. Some people might say it looked like it, but <laughs> I've never done it. I had to fight. I understand that concept of fighting totally. I know some guys here this morning do martial arts or do boxing. You understand that concept of fighting for what you have to achieve. Guys, we have to fight to keep our salvation. You know, this next bit, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, I've struggled with. But I really feel that it's on my heart for you from God this morning. Guys, we have to fight for our kids. You might be here this morning and you say, Steve, I haven't got any. I don't care. There's kids in this church. There's relatives you have. We have to fight for our kids. Here's why. I Googled this before, uh, I think it was on Thursday. I typed into my computer the top five computer games. The top five computer games. Here's what they read. The Witched. Ghost Runner. World of Warcraft, Sly the Spy. I had to get the number five before I actually found one that wasn't satanic. And that's what I'm going to describe it as, satanic. The last one was Flight Simulator. You know, our children are spending hours on end playing Call of Duty. Playing Grand Theft Auto. Playing The Witched. Playing Ghost Runner. Is it any wonder our kids are suffering from depression, anxiety? Guys, you have to fight for these children. And it's hard. It's easy when your son comes in and says, Dad, I want Grand Theft Auto. Everybody's playing. It's great fun. For those who haven't played it, it's horrible. 
It's not fun. It's crime. It's evil. It's drugs. Believe it or not, there's a rape scene in some of them. This is what our kids are playing. This is what we're feeding our kids. It has to stop. We have to fight. And the only way we can fight is by being all in. It's by by saying, devil, you're not having my kids. You're not having my home. This stuff is not coming into my home. Son, you're getting off your backside and you're coming with me on a kayak. Son, you're getting off your backside and you're coming with me on a bike. You're not sitting in your room filling your head with rubbish. Why am I saying this? Because God says it clearly in His Word. Meditate on my Word day and night. Teach it to your kids. Don't meditate on Grand Theft Auto. Black Ops. There's guys in this country who are suffering from PTSD because of what they went through in Afghanistan, in Iraq, or wherever. There's people who are suffering in this country because of what happened in this country. And we create computer games and say, here kids, watch what these guys went through. No problem, work away. Guys, we have to fight for that generation in there. For this generation in this room, young people, you're in this room, you're listening to what I'm saying. You know what you're filling your head with. You know it's not doing you any good. Michael came to me on, or sent me a, a, a WhatsApp um, on Friday night just before youth. There's a song called A Million Little Miracles. It hasn't stopped in our house since. We played it to the youth. Guys, go home. Type into your search engine. A Million Little Miracles by Elevation Worship. Sit and watch it. Meditate on it. It's unbelievable. The guy who's singing in the verse, one of the verses, he says, thank you for redeeming my father, God. That's one of his miracles. Thank you for giving me my mother, God. Thank you for being with me through the death of my brother. And the guy on the piano just gets up and goes, whoa, how are you singing this? A million little miracles. That's what we fill our heads with. In our house. I don't want to lie. I'm sure there's stuff my kids watch and they shouldn't. But I hope I try my best to try and guide them away from it. To try and guide them away. Because I see young people coming in like this. Down. Depressed. We did a thing in youth the other week. Guys, show me your screen time on your phone. They all got their phones out. It says on your phone what your screen time was. One of the girls went back. 14 hours in a 24-hour period. Screen time. Why? Was there anybody there to say, come on, let's go. That's enough. Let's go for a walk. As your kids just want to listen, and I don't listen to mine enough. They just want you to listen. They want you to spend time with them. They want you to fight for them. Because nobody else is. Now's the time for it to stop. Guys, are you all in? Are you all in for your kids? Are you all in for your marriage? Do you care about your marriage? God gives you the gift of marriage. Are you willing to fight for it? Or do you see somebody else? That looks better to me. Can't have it. Are you willing to fight? And it's hard. I've been married 23 years now. I've had to fight for it. 
We've had brilliant times. We've had times where we've really had to fight. Rugby matches that have won 70 nil, others that have won by one point. Why? Because I had to fight. Fight. Joshua. Joshua had to fight. But God gave him the promised land. God gave him the promised land. The gift was there. Joshua, there's the gift right in verse 1. There's the gift. It's yours. He had to fight to keep it. I love the end of Joshua. We're going to skip right through. We've gone through them chapters really quickly. I'm going to skip through to Joshua 24. And it reads like this. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nalaror, dwelt on the other side of the river in the old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. I'm going to scoop forward to verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river, in the Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for your day, for yourselves, this day, whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are dealt. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, this morning, I love that chapter, that three verses at the start. It goes through and it says, you have ancestors who served other gods. You have ancestors who didn't follow me. On the other side of the river, they did their own thing. You also have ancestors who followed God who put God first. You know, one day Kathy will come up and tell her story, but I'm going to just briefly tell the opposite, or tell you what she went through and compare it to, 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 our, to my family, because I think it's relevant to this story. Kathy was brought up in care home. She had four different sets of parents before she got to 13. God miraculously took her into foster care through a Gideon's New Testament. God changed her life. She decided that she wasn't going to follow the gods of her ancestors, who were satanic followers, who put curses on her. One of the curses were that she would never have kids. That didn't work, did it? Yeah. Why? She chose to follow God, and boy, has she had the fight to keep it. Boy, has she had the fight twice as much as I have. Every day is a battle. But she chose to serve God. She chose what Joshua said in that chapter at the end. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Not your dad. I say this to the kids all the time. Not your mum. Not your granny. Not your auntie. It's you. 
I don't care if your dad's a deacon in the church. I don't care if your mom's an elder in the church. I don't know if that's possible. But I don't care. It's clear. It's you. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. I'm going to wrap up. Or as the preachers seem to say these days, I'm coming in the land. You know what that means. And I hope you've noticed I haven't asked for an amen once. <laughs> Guys, this has been on my heart since Phil asked me. You can probably see the passion for our young people and our kids. Parents this morning, and this is going to be hard work. Believe me, I know it is hard work. Will you fight for your kids? Have you the fight to walk in to that bedroom, lift Grand Theft Auto, and put it in the bin? That's how practical I'm being this morning. Lift back ups, even if it costs you 50 or 60 quid, put it in the bin. It's not doing your kids any good. Maybe you're under the sound of my voice this morning, and you've never received that gift. That gift of salvation. That gift that God sacrificed His Son for on the cross. Before you receive that gift, I'm going to tell you now, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. Are you up for the fight? Over the years, anybody put a fight to me, I was always up for it. Maybe you're a bit shyer than me, and the concept of fighting scares you. I will be with you wherever you go, God says. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong. And seven times in the chapter in Joshua, be strong and courageous. But he reminds us, he's there to help you in the fight. Let's stand. First of all, I'm going to pray for parents this morning because I know this is going to be a fight. You're going to have to change your way of life. You're going to have to do stuff that you've maybe never done before. I want to pray for you this morning. Dear Lord, I thank you and praise you that you have promised that you will be with us wherever we go. You promised that if we go all in, if we put you first, that you are going to be there, you're going to help us, you're going to be with us. I just pray for all parents, aunties, uncles, grannies, whoever has influence over their young people, their children this morning, Lord, that you will give them the guts to do what God is instructing them to do this morning. Not what I'm instructing them to do. What God is putting on your heart this morning that you know is not doing your kids any good. I just pray this morning that you will move. That you will help us to be all in. All in for you. All in to fight for our kids. All in to fight for our marriage. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the Bible clearly says in Romans that all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short, and we've all done things wrong. We all have to come to God and say sorry for what we said. If you've never said sorry for your sin this morning, okay, I'm going to pray a prayer. I want you to follow them words, and if you really mean them, you have received, you've received that gift of salvation. Please come and tell me. Come and tell whoever's brought you. Come and tell Phil. We want to help you. We want to help you in the fight.
We want to give you a set of gloves, yeah, to help you in the fight. So let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me on the cross. I'm sorry for all the wrong things that I've ever done. Come into my life and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, if you've done that this morning, please let us know. If you've done that this morning, you have received that gift from God. You've received God's presence. The Holy Spirit is upon you. He's there to help you in the fight. You're not alone. Those seven promises God gave to Joshua are yours to help you through the fight, to help you win every battle. Some will be short, some will be long, but he'll be there to help you. Worship. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.